Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups and walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code HOOPS. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms for eligibility. Terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope all you guys are having a great week so far. We are live on AMP, so if you're watching on YouTube or listening on our podcast feeds, don't forget that AMP is the very first place that you guys can get these shows. Continuing our power rankings today with number seven, the losers in the Damian Lillard trade saga, the Miami Heat. Got a season preview for them, and then I've got three mailbag questions for the end of the show as well. You guys know the drill before, the drill before we get started. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Jason LT. 
Don't forget about our podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. And I need more mailbag questions. Keep dropping those in the YouTube comments so we can keep hitting them at the end of the show. Also, last but not least, before we get started, the start of pro basketball is only a few weeks away. But there's no shortage of events to attend in the meantime. Obviously, all summer long, we've had baseball going on, as well as concerts and comedy shows touring around the country. But now we have the return of pro and college football. And the best way to get tickets to any of these events is on GameTime, the fastest-growing ticketing app in the United States. For amazing last-minute deals on tickets to see your favorite baseball or football team, download GameTime. And again, it's not just sports. There are several huge concerts and comedy shows still on tour, and GameTime has your tickets to these as well. Download the GameTime app and redeem code HOOPS for $20 off your first purchase. Again, download GameTime and enter code HOOPS, that's H-O-O-P-S, for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download the GameTime app, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk some basketball. So, the Miami Heat, they lost a lot of players, actually. Udonis Haslam retired, finally. Victor Oladipo, obviously, was injured at the end of last year, but he's gone now, too. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent. Elsewhere, Omer Yurt 7 and Cody Zeller as well elsewhere. They added Josh Richardson, a good replacement at guard. He's an excellent point of attack defender. I was going back the other day when uh, when we were covering the Thunder, and I was watching that Pelicans-Thunder game. And really the one time they got SGA kind of sort of under control was when Josh Richardson was on him. He's just, he's just a pest. He can navigate screens well. He's good with ball denial as well. Just a good defensive guard. He also shot the ball pretty well last year with the Pelicans. And he has some off-the-dribble pop. Uh, you Heat fans already know him pretty well. But this will be a better example this time around of getting him to see um, what it's like working with this version of Bam Adebayo and uh, the, the excellent dribble handoff fulcrum that he's become. Uh, Thomas Bryant, the backup center for the Lakers and Nuggets last year. I covered him pretty closely when he was with the Lakers. Very gifted offensively. He catches and finishes well around the rim. He's super active on the glass. He's going to sprint up and down the floor and transition every single time. And he can shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, like a legitimate pick and pop threat. As a matter of fact, he converted roll man possessions at 1.35 points per possession when he was with the Lakers, which is really, really good. But he struggles to guard and pick and roll, and he offers no rim protection. So he's a fine regular season player, but you probably don't want him in your playoff rotation, and Denver did not use him. That said, Eric Spolstra has a gift for, we're going to talk about this more later, but he has a gift for finding defensive roles that players can thrive in, even limited defensive players. So I am curious to see what Eric Spolstra can do with him. They also brought over uh, Shek Diallo, who played in Japan last year. He'll be competing for a spot in camp. RJ Hampton, a backup guard for the Pistons. Jaime Jaquez Jr., I covered him in Summer League. A uh, really versatile wing that I actually really like, and I think he's going to be a good pro right away. Just a good basketball player. Does a bunch of little things well. I think he's going to be a perfect fit with the Heat. And then Cole Swider, I covered him with the Lakers last year. Really can shoot it, but struggles to do everything else, which, again, I can think of no better place than the Heat to try to figure out if there's something else there. So the depth chart as of right now, at guard Kyle Lowry. Tyler Harrow, Josh Richardson, Caleb Martin, and R.J. Hampton at forward. Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Jaime Jaquez Jr., Nikola Jovic, who we're going to talk a lot about today, and Haywood Highsmith. And then the bigs, Bam Adebayo, Thomas Bryant, Orlando Robinson, and Sheik Diallo. Uh, the Dame trade. So uh, the Blazers, obviously yesterday, were able to turn Damian Lillard into Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, and draft compensation. So the Athletic had a big report that came out this morning that basically broke down the pathway that led to Dame ending up in Milwaukee. 
And it was pretty informative about just how little of a chance Miami actually had. I know there were a lot of Heat fans that are frustrated with Pat Riley, and I get it. And it's not even so much Dame as it is the bigger picture. Like, you missed out on Dame. You missed out on Bradley Beal, right? Like, it's just, it's been uh, kind of a steady, uh, you missed out on Donovan Mitchell. Like, it's been a steady train of players that, you know, the Heat could have jumped on but couldn't figure out. But the reality is is they don't really have that great of a situation to make a star trade. Like many contenders, they can't afford to give away one of their core pieces in that deal, right? Like you can't give up Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo in that deal because then you lose your championship ceiling anyway, right? And those are really the only two core pieces, right? But they don't really have a young player the league wants. Like Tyler Harrow is a good player, but he's already on an expensive deal, and a lot of front offices don't think he's that good. Like, he's kind of a polarizing player. Um, Nikolajovic, really interesting young player, but not exactly a needle mover, right? And here's the thing. Like, Miami draft picks are some of the least valuable in the league because they're a great organization that rarely loses basketball games. I was pulling this up earlier. Since 2004, the Heat have the fourth most regular season wins in the entire NBA. A little trivia for you guys. Who do you think are the three teams that were ahead of the Heat since 2004? So that's starting with the 2003-2004 season. Call it since LeBron came into the league. Which teams do you think have the most regular season wins? Spurs, pretty obvious one, right? Mavericks, the third one I, I don't think you guys are going to get, but uh, we'll see. If you get it, tell me in the comments. The Denver Nuggets were third on that list. Uh, they also, the Miami Heat, have 142 playoff wins since 2004, which is 19 more than any other team in the NBA. So they're the winningest playoff team over the last two decades, and they're the fourth winningest regular season team. So their draft picks aren't worth all that much. I would imagine that Portland looks at Milwaukee's draft picks as a much higher chance of being higher value, right? So the reality is, is like it's easy for us in our chairs to be like, hey, why didn't they make a move on this guy? Why didn't they make a move on that guy? And we really don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And the truth is, is that Miami's not really in a position where they can easily beat out other teams in a bidding war. Uh, but we even found out from that athletic report today that they didn't really have much of a chance to begin with. So the athletic reported that Dame went to the front office and requested a trade and said he wanted to go to Miami. And when Portland called Miami, they asked for Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo in the deal, according to this report from the athletic. Like that's just not serious, right? And then uh, the Athletic also reported that it was pretty damn contentious between the two sides. So, you know, Dame basically is known for a couple weeks that Miami was off the table. And at that point, then he started using his agent behind the scenes to push for either Brooklyn or Milwaukee. And Milwaukee is what ended up materializing. So it's like maybe, maybe Pat Riley could have thrown all of the assets on the table and gotten the deal done. But the truth is, is we don't know. And I don't think that that's necessarily fair criticism, especially now that we know the details behind the scene. I, I was under the impression that Portland wanted to send Dame where he wanted to go, but was more interested in just kind of like trying to leverage Miami into giving up a little bit more. Judging from this report from The Athletic, it looks like Portland had really no interest in sending him to Miami to begin with. So I don't want to be too critical of Pat Riley in this instance. The reality is, though, is that the Heat need to do something. And I wrote down four reasons why. There are four reasons why I think the Heat have to get aggressive in some way, shape, or form before the deadline at least, if not in the next couple of days. So, one, the Jimmy Butler-Bam Adebayo combination is easily one of the best playoff combinations in the NBA. And they've proven that. Like, they've literally been to the conference finals three of the last four years, and they've won the conference twice. Again, this is the conference that when you think of, you think of, 
Jason Tatum. You think of Joel Embiid. You think of Giannis Antetokounmpo. And yet, Jimmy and Bam have won the conference two of the last four years and made it to the conference finals three of the last four years. So that is a combination that is proven to be devastating in the NBA playoffs. Two, Jimmy Butler just turned 34 years old. So there's real urgency to try to get something done in this season or in the following season. Three, Eric Spolstra is the very best coach in the NBA, in my opinion. We're going to talk more about that later. That's a real weapon here, right? And then number four consistently the success that we've seen Heat have in the playoffs has been because of their top-tier talent and because of Eric Spolstra. And often they've been overcoming or operating with a significant talent disadvantage. It's been a firepower issue. So it's a reasonable assumption to think that the Heat are like one legitimate shot creator away from having a real chance to win the title. Not like make the finals and have a couple of scrappy wins against a team that pounds you into oblivion and wins the series, but like actually win the damn thing. I, I really do think they're potentially one move away. And so I'd like to see them be more aggressive. So the question is, is what specifically do they need? Now, as we know, one of Eric Spolster's specific gifts, like that we talked about with Thomas Bryant, that we're going to talk about um, here in a little bit as well, is his ability to craft defensive roles and schemes that actually work for personnel that have limitations, Right. Like each year, he kind of just finds a scheme that works for that unit. He picks each player and identifies what they're capable of actually doing well and finds a role for that within his scheme, right? So, like, I don't think you need to go after some dude who's like a devastating two way player necessarily. And I would be open to players that have defensive flaws. I think they need a guard. I think they need a guard that can consistently generate high-quality shots in the half court against elite playoff defenses. At least a fringe all-star level player. Maybe not a guy who makes the all-star team, but a guy that you think of as like an all-star caliber type of player, right? So guys that keep an eye on Drew Holiday, obviously, um, although the contentiousness between the two front offices might make that impossible. Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan, if the, heat, if the Bulls go south. Again, like uh, Levine, DeRozan, and, and um, uh, Vucevic, each played in at least 74 games last year and they were below 500 and missed the playoffs entirely. So like that, that whole situation feels destined for a blow up sooner than later. Uh, Terry Rozier, we all know from uh, what happened over the summer uh, specifically with them potentially getting involved in the Tyler Harrow discussions that, um, that the, uh, uh, um, the Hornets were looking for a, a different two guard to put next to LaMelo Ball. Like maybe you can engage with them straight up and work out a deal for Terry Rozier um, and, and maybe a little bit of forward depth there as well. Jordan Clarkson with the Utah Jazz is a guy to keep an eye on. And then D'Angelo Russell. I don't, I don't think the Lakers signed him with the intention of keeping him long-term. I think they just signed him with the intention of keeping the asset. And I actually expect D'Angelo Russell to get traded either this deadline or next offseason. So those are, guys that, those are just examples of guys that I'd keep an eye on, but guys that I think within the Heat system could be productive enough defensively and provide enough shot creation flanking Jimmy Butler to push them over the top. and Because this is the thing. Too often... When push comes to shove, Jimmy Butler is just their only guy that can create a shot. And it's like, okay, we can run this dribble handoff for Duncan Robinson or, or for Gabe Vincent, right? But like but the BAM offensive hub thing has its limitations. And obviously all the guards and wings that they've had in the last couple of years haven't been enough. I think you need just something a little bit higher caliber there. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. 
And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the offensive end, they were 25th in offensive rating last year, 23rd in half-court offense, according to Cleaning the Glass. Similarly to Denver with Nikola Jokic or Sacramento with Nikola uh, with uh, uh, Sabonis, they add a lot of variation to their two-man game by using Bam at a bio as a, a dribble handoff threat, and that's important for two specific reasons. So think of it like this: like if you have a very skilled big man, it's actually better for you to have the ball in his hands as a as like kind of like an audible to your two-man game. The reason why is like imagine this as an example. If I'm guarding a pick and roll and Bam Adebayo is the screener, I don't have to worry about him being a threat immediately. They've got to find a way to get the ball to him. So if I blitz him and I if I blitz the ball handler and push him far out to half court and force a lob pass, I probably can rotate over, right? And even if I do throw a pass, like he's got to catch and then turn and face and make a read. But in a dribble handoff situation, he's a threat immediately. And so what that does is it makes it so that the screen defender can't show high on screens, right? So like Bam Adebayo's defender can't show high on a dribble handoff because if he does, Bam's just going to dribble right around him and go to the basket. So it just makes it a lot difficult, a lot more difficult to guard from the standpoint of the screen defender. And then secondly, it allows your limited offensive players that struggle to handle the basketball. It allows them to get separation without needing to, you know, use a live dribble to to set their man up for a ball screen or a dribble combination to get separation before they go into the ball screen event in any way, shape, or form. Like they can just V cut, right? Like run into their man's chest. Like give him a little shove and then cut hard off of the, the 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 handoff and then they can get separation and get downhill or rise and fire into jump shots and that works specifically with their roster really well because 
They've got a lot of guys like that that are not super high-level ball handlers but do have some offensive polish. Like Tyler Harrow, he really struggles to generate separation with the live dribble. As a matter of fact, Tyler Harrow was the very worst ISO player in the NBA last year. There were 72 players in the NBA that ran at least 100 ISOs, and Tyler Harrow's 0.73 points per possession ranked dead last on that list. Handoffs are a great way to help him with that. Um, Although Tyler Harrow did actually have a decent year in pick and roll as well. Um, Duncan Robinson, similar type of thing. He's actually gone up a level in his ball handling, and you saw that a little bit in his postseason run as he became more of a threat putting the ball on the floor. But he was 1.12 points per handoff last year, which is awesome. So that's an example of a guy who's benefited from that. And then Josh Richardson is another guy that I expect to come in and immediately have some success playing alongside Bam at a bio. Josh Richardson was 47% on pull-up jump shots last year with the New Orleans Pelicans, so I think that could help as well. Um, one of the biggest keys to this entire Heat season, in my opinion, is the development of Nikola Jovic. Um, the team is super thin at forward, like I said. They desperately need a useful forward to materialize from this group. And he played pretty well with the Serbian team in the FIBA tournament. He shot super well, 61% effective field goal percentage on jump shots. He even went three for four on pull-up jump shots. He has like this nice little step back three going to his left that he can make. Uh, shot 74% at the rim, which is awesome. And he's showing some real polish. There was a post up against the Dominican Republic where he caught the ball on the left block and felt the defender overplaying his right shoulder. It spun baseline, drew the help, threw like a behind-the-back drop-off pass to a cutter, like rose up and dunk it, dunked it. Then there was another play against Italy where he's posting up on um, the opposite block, on the left block, and like straight up like faked towards a drop step towards the middle and spun into like a nasty fadeaway over his right shoulder that he made. Like legitimately has some high-end potential there, some high-end polish there. And so like he could solve a lot of their problems just by becoming a useful player this year. And obviously as a rookie, he didn't play much, but I would imagine that they're counting on him to play a much bigger role this season. Defensively last year, the Miami Heat, ninth in defensive rating, 16th in half-court defense, according to Cleaning the Glass. Fourth in defensive rebounding percentage. Fourth in protecting the paint. Seventh best transition defense in the league. They gave up the seventh fewest total transition points, according to Synergy. And they were the third best team in the league at forcing opponent turnovers. Their one weak spot in the defense is they were uh, the second worst three-point defense in the league. They gave up the second most made threes per 100 possessions in the NBA. So that's going to be their big area for opportunity. Big part of that, though, is they almost have to, with their lack of size overall, pack the paint in order to have any chance of getting stops there and rebounding. But we know the drill here. No matter what happens in the regular season, the same thing is going to happen. Regardless of who they face, Spolster is going to have a good game plan. Jimmy and Bam are going to cause all sorts of problems on both ends of the floor. Jimmy Butler is going to try to alpha dog your superstar, and they're going to have a really good chance to beat anybody. But the question is, will they run out of firepower again? Every single year, this is what happens. All of the fringe contenders, Spolstra, Jimmy, and Bam beat, right? But then when they run into the bona fide contenders, the teams that have the veteran presences like the Los Angeles Lakers in 2020, like the um, uh, uh, the Nuggets this year. I mean, even that Celtics team from two years ago that was much more committed defensively than last year's team was, they just eventually run into a point where their lack of talent becomes a problem, right? And I mean, even that super talented Celtics team, they were one shot away because of Jimmy's ability to alpha dog, because of Spolster's ability to bring out the worst in his opponents, right? Like, So my thing is like, this is a really rare trio. How often do you see the best coach in the NBA with two of the best playoff performers in the NBA together? Like you have a real opportunity to get a job done here. You just need you, they just need more juice. They just need a little bit more firepower. So I'm hoping that um, Pat Riley can make that happen for them this year. Mailbag. 
First question from Nathan. What do you think is the biggest thing Anthony Edwards can improve on in terms of his game or his approach to the game to move himself up and make the jump this season? So I actually put down two things. His uh, off-ball defense, I think Ant's actually deceptively one of the better on-ball defenders in the league when he's actually trying. He can be a little bit in and out, but that's typical for a primary ball handler. Uh, but he can be really unfocused off the ball, and he can leave shooters to overhelp or not help when he's supposed to. So off-ball defense is a big one, I think, in my opinion. And that's just – your defense is only as strong as its weakest link in a rotation. And so I think it's important really just for the overall mission of that team for Ant to be more engaged off the ball defensively. Um, the second thing I put down is looking to pass the ball more. With how much rim pressure he generates, he should be a 7-8 assist a game guy, right? And he's about half that. So I, I really just want to see him take advantage of the way he warps defenses more. Second mailbag question. What's your view on Bill Russell and his place in the GOAT debate? Do you think there's an asterisk next to his 11 rings due to less competition? Or does his defensive dominance and overall winning impact put him near the top of your all-time rankings? So here's the thing. Uh, you know, all of the players from that era say Bill Russell was the best player in that era. I think that matters. My individual opinion on it is like everything before 1980 is so difficult to compare to the modern game that I just personally don't feel comfortable having strong opinions there. So I have a ton of respect for Bill Russell and everything he accomplished in the league. Uh, I believe that in his era, his dominance means something, but like I can't in my, I don't even feel right comparing like Bill Russell to let's say Tim Duncan because the game is just so fundamentally different now and the league is so different in just the overall scope of what it presents as a as a challenge in terms of the number of teams and the the way the playoff path works and even just the uh, the difficulty of travel in the regular season like it, like even to the medical advantages that we have now compared to what they had back then and and all of the other issues that they went up against and you know the the tools that the players have at their disposal because of extreme wealth that allows them to you know, eat a certain way and to train a certain way and to recover a certain way. Like I, all over the place, it's like apples to oranges. And so the truth is like, there's a reason why I did a top 25 in the last 25 years. And it's because like, I feel more comfortable talking about the modern era personally. Uh, I think there's a place in NBA history to talk about the old guys. I enjoy reading books about uh, older eras in NBA history and learning more about these guys. But to me, there's just no point in putting Bill Russell in the same list as a guy who played 60 years later. just doesn't make any sense to me. Last question from Juan. Totally see what you're saying about Harden's performance last postseason. This is from our Sixers video yesterday. But can it be argued that he deferred to the MVP and thus affected his game? So I did, I did notice at the beginning of the season that James struggled a little bit, uh, and there were some conversations with Doc over – you know, him feeling really good going into the season after a good offseason of work and wanting a bigger role, but Doc trying to get him to defer to Embiid more. And there's no doubt that that, you know, probably played a role in him only averaging 21 points in the regular season. But we've just seen too many examples in his career of him going down a level in the postseason for me to think it played a role in the postseason. And go look at those shooting numbers. Like, we're way too many, four for 16, two for 13, two for 14, three for – like, he just was consistently missing all of his shots. I mean, I pulled up the numbers in the video yesterday, but I can't remember the exact number. It was like 35% or 37%. But he literally missed two-thirds of his layups in the postseason. That's not on Joel Embiid. That's not on his role. That That's him just not having the athletic pop to get to the rim and finish well. So, yeah, like, I don't really think that it's – 
you know, if this was in a vacuum and we didn't have the rest of his history, maybe you could look at it that way. But looking at Harden's history, I don't think there's any direction you can look but at him for his playoff struggles. All right, guys, that is all I have for today. we got six more teams to go over. Probably going to have a couple of trades as well. Uh, we'll hit it all into uh, next week unless something crazy happens. As always, I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you after the weekend. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.